the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for your personal bank show with Ferret's Tove, financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank in formation. Take charge of your financial future with your personal bank. Now here's Ferret's Tove. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank show. We got a lot to cover, so here we go. So I think the biggest thing we're dealing with right now that's that I think it's it's a clear frustration for a lot of folks, including myself, is we're dealing with two major leadership issues. One is our current administration just lacks any kind of real leadership at all. Of course, they play the, you know, a leader takes uh, control of a situation, a good leader, uh, responsibility for bad decisions. Nobody's perfect. We as, as human beings understand that no one's perfect. And there's, there's so many clear examples of great leaders who have made mistakes took control of them, took uh, took ownership of them. You know, Harry Truman was famous for his sign on his the president's desk where it would say, the buck stops here. It's that kind of thing where, you know, good or bad, a leader takes control, and, and Biden just doesn't do that. He just finds somebody to blame, it, it just continue to play politics instead of being a leader. And I think that's that's shown to be incredible frustration for so many people. The, the second part, that thing that we're suffering with, is the the bad policies, frankly. And bad, well, I, I'll put it this way. Bad policies for the average American, for the middle class, and for uh, the, major, the vast majority of Americans. Uh, horribly bad policies. And it's, it's bad enough to have a policy that, you know, you thought for sure would work, and then you you give it a go, and you realize after a while it just ain't working. But this, they the, the compound the problem. This administration compounds the problem by just dogmatically sticking to their agenda no matter what. Like energy policy is a perfect example. We've talked about it so many times where reduction of energy supplies clearly leads to inflation. I don't think anyone can argue with that. Spending too much money. Printing too much money leads to inflation. We're seeing the results of that. Yet they just keep piling on. They won't admit one. Not only will they not admit they're wrong, they just keep going down the same rabbit hole. And these these are supposed to be, you know, intelligent people. So many of these advisors and various people have all these degrees and everything else, but they lack any common sense. And we see that in so many different things. I mean, even like a with the inflation thing, even a former Obama advisor says inflation is here to stay and predicts November will be tough for Democrats. Of course it will. Um, <clears throat> Clinton was on and said, hey, it's the, it's the economy, stupid, right? He was famous for saying that. Uh, Steve Ratner is a former Treasury Department official under the Obama administration. And he said, he says, we won't see the end of the, the inflation crisis anytime soon. That's what I've been talking about for the over a year. I've been saying this for a while. You know, once inflation, the genie gets out of the bottle, it's really, really difficult to put it back 
And again, there really, there's really nothing happening at this point to uh, alleviate the problem because the number one, the number one driver of inflation absolutely is energy, high energy costs. And if you reduce supply, which which the Biden administration did by shutting down something like eight or ten pipelines, it wasn't just Keystone; they shut down a bunch of them. Didn't allow any federal drilling. Okay, which for over a year, and then when they finally did, they put so many costs and delays and 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 just administrative hurdles that nobody wanted the leases. And I can't say I blame the companies because it's just too much money and too much risk because you have a hostile administration to uh, creating energy. So it just, you know, no surprise. So again, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Look, I want the economy to go well, and I want things to go well, just like anybody else. But I also have to face the reality is until those things change, we're not going to see significant change in, the, in the inflation. The other one, as far as the lack of leadership, I mean, you know, recently, I'm sure you probably saw this, where the White House, the White House Twitter account uh, tweeted that they were claiming there was no vaccine when Biden took office. Well, <laughs> Biden had actually himself, the, by the time he'd taken office, had taken, had gotten the uh, the vaccine and a booster before taking on the office. Um, it's just a flat out lie. And yet, for I know for quite some time, I don't know, it could still be there. You know, Twitter didn't delete that. And, and it's, again, that double standard that is another thing that frustrates people so much, that lack of leadership, saying, hey, this is wrong. Let's treat. But, again, they're playing politics. They're playing a game. And it's just, it's, for the rest of us, life is not a game, is it? We're living the life. It might be a game for them to win or lose, politicians and that kind of thing. But it's not a game for us. And then uh, this baby formula shortage. I mean, I can't think of any other word other than complete and utter incompetence. Or there's one other possibility, which is even uglier. You know, it, it's almost evil, frankly, to contemplate that maybe there are people in the administration that would prefer to have the babies that are coming across the border. Because, of course, you probably heard the border, uh, the uh, the uh, border patrol, they've been stocking home Department of Homeland Security has been stocking warehouses of baby formula while American families can't get formula for their babies. You know, American kids, babies. I mean, these are babies. I mean, talk about the uh, the the ultimate in innocence, right? Little young babies who need formula. For our country to have a shortage of that, of course, it was caused by. Um, <laughs> by shutting down one of the plants, okay, and then really not allowing them to reopen. That's the part that just is so exacerbating. It's either complete and utter incompetence, far too much control of the government. You know how I feel about that if you've listened to this show any period of time. Um, government interference generally causes problems, and here we go. We have the uh, we have a, one of the government agencies, one of the alphabet agencies, shut down Abbott, which controls for or generates for, how should I say, manufactures 40% of the baby formula in the country. And that's not a good plan to start with. And then had no contingency plan for, and, and had shut them down for months and months. And, and as far as I know, they're still shut down. And they keep saying, when can we reopen? When can we reopen? Because they've addressed the issues on the shutdown months ago. This is back in, back in February. And you've got this shortage. I mean, that's just incompetence on a level that, 
that frankly I I find difficult I I find difficulty comprehending. Okay, uh, so I've got to believe. I mean, again, I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, but why would you? Unless you were just completely like Tweedledee and Tweedledum, you know, you know, you're, you're, it's like the clown car, the circus, right? I mean, that's what this administration is like. It's just everybody's running around with their heads, chicken, there's, but there's no, there's no direction, there's no focus, there's no, there's no leadership. And I, and I guess in some ways, I'm almost hopeful that this administration is truly like the clown car because I don't, I don't want to consider the alternative that someone would actually want babies to suffer. You know what I mean? Would want American babies to suffer. I just, I struggle with that. But yet, this level of incompetence is almost got to be, I guess time will tell. We'll find out. It's almost got to be intentional or some degree of it. I, I, I don't know. I just don't know. It, it, but either way, neither, neither answer is good. It's just ridiculous, okay? Um, and then we've got another really, really big issue. Um, you know, as bad as all those others are, and they are, they certainly are bad. But, you know, you have Sweden, who now, and, and Finland, joining to join NATO, which is good for NATO. Russia's not happy about it and has threatened uh, retributions and things like this. I, I truly hope that Russia is just saber-rattling and putting out threats. They have a history of it, so it's not unheard of. And there's a small chance, I can't imagine them like attacking or something, Finland and Sweden. I mean, that they're having a hard enough time fighting Ukraine, right? Um, and, and Sweden and Finland part of, being part of NATO would be far stronger of an opponent. So I don't believe that Russia would be foolish enough to attack Sweden or Finland for joining NATO. But the, the possibility we have to recognize does exist, however small. And so it's just another area of uncertainty that, well, these kind of things happen when you have weak leadership from the strongest military and the strongest country in the world, the United States. I mean, indirectly, at least, Ukraine, many people have led the invasion of Ukraine. Putin was emboldened, right, to do that because he felt like the U.S. was weak and NATO was weak and wouldn't interfere. And there's no question that the U.S. has show, showed weakness in NATO previously. But what's ironic is the exact opposite happened, at least in Europe in particular. I said it's kind of interesting how Russian tanks rolling is the image. That's the thing that got NATO to decide the Europeans would work together. And, and NATO is now even stronger than ever, more united than ever, which is the opposite of what Putin wanted to accomplish. So... His, so the good news about all this is Russian army is having challenges in Ukraine because they have been getting a lot of, um, Ukrainians have been getting a lot of support, okay? Uh, I'm going to talk about some of that too. I've talked about some of that. We were, we've gotten a lot of support from us too, which is, again, in some degree, I'd rather they fight it out than we be involved, certainly. Um, but the frustrating part about all of that is our federal government, you know, even some of the Republicans, Mitch McConnell included, you know, they were quick to rush out $40 billion to Ukraine. And I get it. That's a, that's a, uh, a threat, no question. But, you know, they can't even get, they can't even support our own border. Can't even do anything to control our own border. There should have been something in that, look, we'll help you, Ukraine if something gets, to, if our border gets shut down first. 
I mean, there should have been some require. That's the thing. Again, lack of leadership. We got politicians sticking their finger in the wind and doing what they think is or following their agenda or doing what they think is right rather than what the American people want or what's best for the actually best for the majority of people in this country to protect our country, to provide opportunity. This has been the land of opportunity for for 200, almost 200, well, 200 years plus, right? It's that kind of thing where I don't have a problem with help sending weapons to help Ukraine. What I have a problem with is the swiftness and how quick they were able to get four times more money there than to our own border and really did nothing to address our border and the two should have been tied together. In other words, why are we supporting another country's border when we can't even control our own? Look, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to talk about some solutions here and answer some questions from, from some clients recently that are very interesting. So I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned on, you know, if you want to take control of your money, get positive arbitrage, leverage your money safely, bank money safely to increase your returns. This is powerful, folks. Reduce your market risk, reduce your tax liability, all those kinds of things to take control of your money. Look, that's something you need to do these days. Call me at toll-free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. As I was stating in the first segment, this lack of leadership that we're experiencing currently within our country, or, you know, by blaming everyone else except for themselves for the mess that they've created or helped create, um, is incredibly frustrating. But even more so is having an agenda that clearly does not work. The latest polls show something like 79% of Americans, these are all Americans, all stripes, all both sides of the aisle, everything believe that the country's headed in the wrong direction. When you have nearly 80%, almost 80% of the people, I I got I don't know about that 20%. I just think they they got their head in their sand. They don't even know what's going on or they're or they're on the government dole, right? Um, but the bottom line is you got almost 80% of Americans that believe that, that things are going in the wrong direction. Yet you as a leadership, you as the administration continue on the path you're going down anyway. I mean, that takes a level of dedication and dogma that I just do not understand, um, especially for somebody in politics and, and, and supposed to be re- a represent. I mean, that's so far removed from being a representative of the people. Um, I don't know how mentally those people got where they're at. That's a lot of propaganda, folks. A lot of propaganda that's gone into their heads over the years and decades, obviously. They're just so tied into their dogma, their their policies, their agenda, that no, nothing, penet- it's like a horse with blinders. Nothing penetrates. They've got their eye on the ball and that's it and nothing around them um, distracts them. It's, it's truly amazing to see, frankly, in some respects. Um, it just is going to lead to a bigger and bigger walloping in November. And we'll see if they wake up from that. I mean, they're going to get hit in the head not with a hammer, but with a sledgehammer by the American people is what I believe. And 
hopefully for the sake of this country, they finally, I mean, finally, like Clinton did, um, change direction. That was one of the things he did that was from a political standpoint. I, I didn't agree with much of what Clinton did, but I've got to give him credit. It was astute that he, he pivoted and he, he lit, he, they, he got creamed in the, in the, in the midterms and adjusted. These folks, I don't know. I, I, they lack the common sense, I believe. Well, so far, they're showing that. And, you know, it's it's like having, I've heard some people talk about, I think it was Mark Twain said, talk about overeducated idiots. And and maybe that's what we're dealing with here. Overeducated idiots. I, I'm not real sure. But one of the things, I, I, I don't want to rail on this stuff too much because, again, it's frustrating. It gets you down. We're all dealing with it. What do we do? Well, like I said, uh, we look for we just buckle our seatbelts. We're in for a ride. I've been saying that for a while. Do the best you can do to get through this. Okay, um, November should be a bright spot because then that'll give us some hope for some change in the future. Of course, uh, there'll be it'll be there'll be some things that'll change, but unless again the administration changes their energy policy, for example. There's not going to be significant change on the inflation front. So that's, I think, something from a financial standpoint we just need to look at that we're going to be dealing with for probably the next three years or so. I'm very optimistic. Just like I said, I don't want to be all a downer here. I'm very optimistic about 2024, 2025, when if, if and when we get a different administration, they dramatically change energy policy and, and lots of other policies. And we'll, we'll see a pent-up demand, right? And I, I expect a, 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 an economic boom again. So it, we just got to get there. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think it'll be at the levels it's at right now all the way through the entire three years. I think we'll see some alleviation along the ways. But, you know, we're going to have to be dealing with shortages at times of various items. I, I don't think we're going to be out of food. I mean... I'm just telling my personal opinion and looking at things. We'll certainly see shortages of various items, like right now baby formula, for example. Um, sadly, things like that, when uh, it's going to affect like babies, uh, a huge significance. You know, that's sometimes for some of these babies, life and death, right? So, I mean, it, it's sad. Um, but generally speaking, you know, we had a situation here in Phoenix where for a, while, uh, for a few weeks, we just couldn't find tomatoes, right? We went to multiple stores and all that. We, we tend to buy organic. So there were other tomatoes available, but the organic ones, they just were not available. Now, more recently, uh, we've seen lots of them available. So again, the supply is part of the supply chain issues, certainly. Um, we're seeing they're coming from different places. In fact, yesterday I was in Costco and I noticed a lot more foods from uh, far the Far East, Japan and Korea and things like that than we'd ever seen. And my wife made a comment about it. I said, yeah, it was interesting. I said, well, think about it a minute. You know, Europe is having, you know, they're dealing with a war on their doorstep, right? They're having a huge diesel issue, shortages. We are too, but they're having it much, much worse. And so supply chains from foods that are coming from, say, Europe are disrupted far more than even the U.S. right now. So... You know, Costco, they've got shelf space. They want to put food on that shelf and they got to find other sources, right? And so that opens the door for alternative sources, maybe from the Far East or other places to bring foods on the shelves, right? And, and that you can hold that true for anything out there. So 
going to be an interesting time. It's going to be some change. We just have to be adaptable, flexible, um, those kinds of things. But in terms of the financial side, again, I, I do believe the markets are going to be, the stock markets in particular are going to be struggling with high inflation, which I believe we're going to be dealing with for, for quite some time here, probably the next two, three years, again, unless we see some major change in energy policy and other policies. Um, so what do you do? Well, I was talking to a gentleman today who's been listening to the show, which was very interesting. And he was like, you keep talking about these companies that are paying dividends right now, you know, close to 6%. He goes, you know, how can they do that? I don't see anybody else playing, paying dividends that have guarantees and tax-free and all that with any kind of any type of rate like that. And as I pointed out to him, these insurance companies have been paying these dividends literally every year, every single year since before the Civil War. I mean, this is what they're set up to do. This is what they do. And I, I said, well, he goes, why are they paying it so high right now when they don't have to? And I said, well, if it was just one or two, that would not be the case. But there are dozens and dozens of companies, and it's called competition. It's healthy competition. In other words, if one company dropped their dividend too much, uh, people would just steer to the other ones, right? So they have to be competitive, for one. And two, I said, do you have any, and I asked him this, and I said, and I get this a lot from people. I said, do you have any idea what kind of profits insurance companies, life insurance companies in particular, actually make? He's like, no, I have no clue. And I said, well, think about this a minute. You can go to just about any major city in America, right? And, and if there's a corporate headquarters for a big insurance company, they have one of the biggest, nicest buildings in town, typically, don't they? He goes, yeah, you're right. I said, so they got to be making some money to have those buildings at the very least, right? But I'll get, I said, I'll show, send you the, the annual report. For example, one of the companies we work with, it's very typical, um, their average annual returns, profits, okay, is in the 8 to 10% annually. Stay tuned in the next segment, and I'll share with you exactly how the companies do this. And if you want more information, call me toll-free, 866-268-4422, or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. In the last segment, I was talking about a uh, potential new client, radio listener, that I was just meeting with today. And he had some very, very good questions about you know, a very successful investor um, his whole life. He goes, I've never heard of this. And I said, well, that's one of the reasons that's my, my mission to educate and why I do the radio show. And again, it's very common in the institutional world. Banks, for example, bank boards invest in these type of personal bank policies to get dividends uh, through insurance companies. Significant, I mean, it's very common, okay? Um, he asked about the safety. Well, FDIC um, lists uh, tier what they call tier one capital. So FDIC identifies tier one capital as cash, cash equivalents, and cash value in life insurance policies. And those are the only assets that some of the only about the only assets they put into that category. And a, a healthy bank, according to FDIC, has to have a certain percentage of their assets in tier one capital. 
the more percentage of their money that they have, their portfolios invested there, uh, the, the healthier, the stronger the bank, right? And so many banks in tougher economic times, like we're dealing with now, uh, tend to pull their horns in a little bit and get more conservative and do more of this. So, you know, we're in a situation where it, it isn't less, it's actually more. We're seeing higher dividends going forward because uh, increasing interest rates. Uh, banks are more willing to learn, lend, you know, create a, a cash value line of credit against, uh, I'm sorry, a line of credit against the cash value of the policy because, again, it's tier one capital, okay? So it's, we're in a situation where we're dealing more, not less. It's kind of opposite to what people are experiencing with things, again, like the stock market, real estate market. I thought this was interesting because this gentleman was a private lender, and he mentioned one thing. He said, how, I'm not sure how this can help me. Because one, you're talking about five, seven, five percent news percent returns, and if it's positive arbitrage, you're talking about two, three percent positive arbitrage. And I said, well, there's two ways this can help you, because this is a common mistake I see people make. They compare the returns on this versus something else, because like he said, he go, he said typically he makes eight to ten percent on his lend lending as a private lender uh, for real estate. He said, but he did mention this past year, he's had having more difficulty getting loans because he can't get all his money, put all his money to work because there's less people borrowing, uh, more and more concern, more fear, uh, people doing in real estate investing or building or whatever right now, and understandably so with the, with the economy the way it is. I said, well, one way this could help you is it, it, very simply. If you put the money into a policy and earn a five, seven, five, or six percent dividend, for example, that's a heck of a lot better than the banks paying you for the money just to sit in the bank. He goes, that's for sure. So, if nothing else, for the capital that you do not have allocated at any given point in time, whether you're a private lender, whether you're a stock market investor, or a real estate investor, or anything else for that matter, if you're not allocating all of your capital all the time which is typically not recommended anyway, right? This is a great way, place to park your money. It's, you have guarantees, it's insured, tax-free, if we set it up right, and you're getting a nice return on the money and, and liquidity of about 80, 85% day one. So high liquidity. You don't find that combination anywhere else where you have a decent return with safety, tax-free, and high liquidity. Those just don't normally go together, as we all know. But here it does. So he said, well, that's a clear benefit, no question. And I said, the second one, which I'm probably going to have to get into into the next segment because we're running up on a break soon, um, is more about when you do use the money, you allocate the dollars to invest in whatever the asset you want to invest in, whether you're lending it out or whether you're investing in a stock or, or real estate or crypto or whatever, you can increase your rates of return. I'm going to show you in the next, I'm going to share with you in the next segment here how you can increase your rate of return whether you invest it in another asset or use the bank money from the policy itself to increase your rate of return. So either way, you can get yourself into nice solid double-digit returns in a fairly short, just within a few years, with guarantees, with safety, tax-free, all that good stuff. So there's a lot of strengths to this tool. It's not just straight straight up, you know, I'm going to get this versus that return. There's a lot more to it of benefit. And he said, as he started 
understanding this further, like he said, he'd been listening to the show for a while. And he goes, he found it intriguing, but he couldn't, he never figured out, he couldn't figure out exactly how it worked until just the other day. And it just, something I said, it clicked. And I said, to be fair, it's a paradigm shift in thinking about money for the average investor, for the average American. If you want to learn more about this, contact me at yourpersonalbank.com or toll free 866-268-4422. Again, that's 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Stay tuned to the next segment because you're not going to miss it. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. We started this show off with the the real lack of, of leadership that we have in this country right now particularly with the current administration. And then when they do lead on something, invariably it's bad for the average American, the middle class particularly. So we just got to get through this. Um, I don't see them. I mean, they've been, they've been stubborn and consistent in their agenda, despite everything around, despite the fact that at this point, nearly 80% of Americans in the last poll showed that they believe, and this is all Americans, not just right or left, this is across the board or the middle. This is across the board that believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. So if you believe that, I want you to understand something. You are not alone. In fact, you are in the vast majority. Four out of 10 Americans, I mean, I'm sorry, four out of five Americans basically believe this country is headed in the wrong direction and doesn't like the direction the current administration is going. So you are in good company. And we, what we need to do, thankfully we're still in a democracy, and we get a chance to actually vote. We need to send a message to Washington, unlike probably has, has been sent in at least, at least in our, any of our lifetimes. How's that? We need to send them a message that they will, or a resounding message that they will, they'll study this in the history books and the political science classes, okay? That's what I believe. We're going to see what happens, but this is historical, certainly. Now, in the last segment, I was discussing a, a potential new client I was talking to today. They've had some very interesting questions, and it was really all revolving around how this works, your personal bank concept, but also how this can benefit you and actually help you weather this high inflation storm we're dealing with and likely is going to continue for some period of time, probably the next couple, three years. I, that's my prediction. Um, again, unless something major changes, like a major shift in energy policy, okay? Until we see those kinds of changes, it's, we're going to be dealing with high inflation. And even if we, even if we saw a major change in the pol energy policy, for example, today, or the Ukrainian war um, ended, I mean, those would be good things. Don't get me wrong. We would see some improvement. Again, don't get me wrong. But but it won't get back to the levels like before this administration took over, for a while at least. It's going to take some time to right the ship. It's a big country, right? So even that wouldn't happen overnight, even if they started doing everything right and everything good started happening. So 
Unfortunately, I don't see any of that happening at the moment, and it doesn't look like it's going to be in the near future. Maybe they'll get the message in November. We will see. How do you weather this? Well, again, I've talked about this so many times, and a highly interest rate sensitive asset is one of the big keys to weathering high interest rates. The personal bank is a high interest it's a dividend that's highly interest rate sensitive. All of the companies have come out and said their date rates are going to be dividends are going to be going up because interest rates are clearly going up. The bank lines of credit, although going up, have not gone up much. We're still at three, three and a half percent because they were so low. The rates were so low. So we're going to be seeing we could be seeing a situation of a higher positive arbitrage. There may be some movement temporarily short term back and forth. But we should be seeing some, we will be seeing positive arbitrage consistently. Why do I say that? Well, for one, we're accessing monies from the banks instead of directly from the insurance policies because the rates are lower right now through the banks. So here's the thing, and I and people, a lot of people don't realize this either. You can access directly from an insurance company. You can do that today. In fact, I have companies that are paying five, seven, five or so dividends today, and if you ask, you do a policy loan with them today, they're going to charge you four percent. So right there, you've got a one seven five positive arbitrage right now with the company. But the banks are still in the three, three and a half percent range. So why would you, why would you borrow at four when you can get it at three or three and a half? Right? I mean, that just makes no sense. If and when, if the rates with the banks climb higher than that 4% range or so, well, guess what? We're going to switch out of the banks and move back to the insurance company to access the funds. So in other words, you're, you're going to be in a position where you'll always be able to have the positive arbitrage. But here's the last part of that, too. See, the banks know this, and they want the business. They want to, banks want to do loans. That's how they make money, right? Earning you know, interest off of loans. And if they go over that 4 or 5% threshold where they know most of the insurance companies are at, if they get above that, they're going to lose a lot of business. So even if rates go up significantly higher, you're, we're, we saw that, you know, previous, you know, the last time, 40 years ago, go back in history, same kind of thing happened. The banks are still going to keep the, lo the loan rates pretty low because they want to keep that business, one, and two, it's tier one capital, as I stated earlier in the last segment. This is by FDIC considered the safest capital a bank can invest in on their portfolio. And they have to have a certain amount of their portfolio in tier one capital anyway to be a healthy bank. Okay? So banks are motivated, particularly in tougher economic times, to do these kinds of loans. And tier one capital is basically cash, cash equivalents, and cash value and life insurance. So that like if you go back to the 0809 era. For example, that we had a plethora, there were a plethora of banks available, plenty of lending opportunities available because banks wanted to lend to safer, they wanted to lend to safer sources, right? A fully collateralized loan against a cash value in a policy is one of the safest loans a bank can do, period. Okay. Now, this gentleman I was talking to had some other good questions, so I want to touch on it. One of them he mentioned was, well, and again, this is a common confusion point, so I want to clarify. He says, you're talking about 575 dividends. That's nice with, with guarantees, tax-free and all that. But I get 10% on my investments. And I asked him a simple question. I said, are you fully capitalized all the time? He goes, no. 
In fact, that's one of my problems is I'm having a, I, I'm having a hard time deploying all my capital, especially this past year, because real estate lending has slowed down. Now, if you're a stock market investor or something like that, we all know being 100% capitalized is usually not advised most of the time. You want to have some cash in reserve, right? Well, you can either leave it in the, say, the brokerage account um, and earn, well, or a bank and earn next to nothing, right? Or you can get 575 dividends on it with guarantees, safety, and tax-free and liquidity on 80, 85% of the money day one. That's the thing I don't, personally, I don't understand why more people don't take advantage of it. I mean, plenty of people are, don't get me wrong, but why more don't do that just so they can at least deploy that capital and get some decent return on it instead of sitting on cash. That just seems kind of silly to me, but you know, whatever. But the other one, I said, here's the bigger one. See, he was confusing. He said, well, if I access the funds from the bank, I'm only getting two or 3% positive arbitrage. That's that's nothing compared to the 10% I get on my loans. I said, no, what you're missing is you get both. In other words, when you access the funds, you, you put it in the policy to get dividends. If you leave it there, you're gonna earn, you're gonna earn interest, you're gonna earn dividends. That's pretty straightforward. Most people get that. Like I said, with the guarantees, with the safety, with the tax-free, all, all that good stuff, the liquidity. But when you go to access the money, this is where sometimes people miss the point. When you access the money, you access it from the bank, not the insurance company. That means that all the money you put in is still there at the insurance company, right? And it's earning full dividends. And then when you access it, you access it through a line using the cash and the policies, the collateral, right? When you access it and use it, say, to invest, to do, like in his case, he's a private lender to get a 10% return. You're getting charged, in his case, to be about 3%, say 3, 3.5, and, and he's earning 5.75. Well, that's a 2, 3% positive arbitrage, right? In other words, you, I said, think about it. You put the money to work in the loan to get the 10% interest as a private lender. But now you also pick up the 2 or 3% positive arbitrage, or the difference in what you're earning in dividends and what you're getting charged from the bank. Now, here's what's interesting about that. If you increase your rate of return by 20 to 30%, which is what he did, he was getting about a 10% return on average lending, private lending for real estate. Now, those same dollars are picking up an extra 2 or 3% per year. That means your rate of return now increased to 12, 13%. And folks, you take any business, any investment of any kind, and you increase the return by 20 to 30% profits. Folks, I don't care how you cut that. That's huge. That is massive. That is significant. But then I pointed out to him, you mentioned you're having a hard time deploying all your capital. Now, you would have a choice. You could leave it, certainly, in the policy and earn the 575 and that kind of thing. And that would be perfectly fine. You could do that. Or if you had capital there that you were not deploying elsewhere, well, here's another thought. After a year or two or so, could you then, say, take a portion of that and use it to fund another policy to get another, let's say, 6%? Because by then it's going to be, I'm very confident it'll be at least 6% or more. Again, historically, 6 to 8 is the norm in dividends. So think about that a minute. Let's say you're earning 6% in the, first policy, 
Now you deploy some of that capital, you borrow, access it from the bank line, and you fund a second policy. Like I said, a year or two later or whatever. Well, now that the money you put in the new policy is also earning 6%. So you're earning, and you didn't add any new dollars of your own, did you? You actually borrowed the money. You're using safely leveraging bank money to double your returns, your gross returns. Now, of course, the first policy you funded, you, your money you put in, you're making 6%, let's say, dividend. The second one, the new one, you use bank money to fund it. So if you say you're earning six, you're getting charged three, that's a 3% positive arbitrage in our example. That means the money you have, that money is now earning nine, isn't it? So my point is you could take money that was earning, say, six, and make, start showing how to make it, start making eight or nine without adding additional money out of your pocket. And what gets really interesting as you keep feeding that, adding more and more to it, more and more of your money starts earning that 8 9% return with guarantees, insured, tax-free, high liquidity, all of it. Well, if you can do that after a couple of years, let's say, it's one to two years, just so you know, depending on how we set these up. Another year or two, could you repeat the process? Could you have the second generation, so you have the first generation you fund, then the second generation is funded, from the bank, safely leveraging bank money, could you then take funds from the second generation and fund the third? The answer is yes, as long as you have the capacity to do it. So now, if you went from six to nine in our example, you would now be getting 12, wouldn't you? So you can see my point is where in a matter of just a few years, we're talking two, three, four years, you could be looking at double digit returns on your money, with guarantees, with safety, income tax-free, high liquidity. After three or four years, typically in many of these cases, you're close to 100% liquid, just so you know, if not already. You see my point where these things can turn into significant cash flow machines with, with all the benefits and the guarantees and everything else involved, and we're not having to take any risk of a real estate or a stock or crypto or anything else. So if you want more information on how, again, how to safely leverage your money to get double digit returns in the next few years, through this high interest rate environment, everything is going on. Call me toll free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, I'm gonna say it slow. I've been told I go too fast. So 866 268-4422. And as always, stay tuned to the Your Personal Bank Show. And as long as it's on our money, I've been said this in a while, in God we trust. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and writers may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare it when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.